You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome. This is Rabbi Francis Nataf, and you're listening to the third episode of my beta podcast series related to Parshat HaShavua and related to my essays that come out every other week under the name of Redeeming Relevance. This week, we're all faced by an ongoing crisis and wondering how to deal with it spiritually, namely the coronavirus, which has plagued not only the Jewish community, but the world around us. And it it presents a lot of challenges to us in our lives, including in our religious lives. And I want to focus on one aspect of that tonight. Obviously, there's a lot, a lot going out on various uh, platforms, be it podcasts, be it essays, be it articles. You may want to catch my article this past week in the Times of Israel about how the uh, about the lessons we can learn from Corona on a more universal scale. But as far as tonight, as far as this podcast. I want to focus specifically on the challenges of prayer and more specifically, the challenge of praying by oneself at home. Many of us who are used to praying, some of us three times a day in a communal setting, usually in a synagogue or in a Beit Midrash or in a yeshiva, what have you, are suddenly confronted with a situation where all of the advantages of praying in such a setting are not found in front of us. Granted, there are actually some disadvantages of praying in a communal setting, and we're all aware of those. And I want to focus on that as a way to enhance our tefillot, our prayers, at home. One of the problems most of us have with prayers Many of the people I've spoken to say they're just too long. And more than just too long, we're doing too much in too little time, right? The prayer service, especially the morning service, that's really where most of the complaints are lodged. The prayer service in the morning is quite lengthy, uh, especially on Mondays and Thursdays, which involves the reading of the Torah, which involves a rather long tachanun, supplicatory prayer giving us little time for kavanah, little time for concentration, for focusing, for looking more carefully at the words, and for involving ourselves in our own individual meditations and thoughts. Well, this month, as a matter of fact, the month of Nisan, in such situation that we're faced, as most of us are faced, that we have to pray by ourselves, we're actually faced with the shortest prayer service that we're likely to face in many years. That is to say that Nisan, in any year, is a shorter prayer service. As many of us know, we do not say Tachanun the whole month. Uh, So that already shortens the prayer service. But this year even more, not only will not be saying Tachanun, will not be listening to the Chazarat Hashatz, the repetition of the reader, which on some level is a historical idea that's come down to us that serves 
a very minor purpose in the actual tefillah service. Uh, beyond that, uh, we are not going to be listening to Kaddish, which takes out another few minutes. We're not going to be driving or walking back and forth to the synagogue from our home. Essentially, we'll be dealing with a service that's going to be about half the time of what we're used to spending in the synagogue. So many of us might come to look at this, unfortunately, as a benefit in saving time. I said, unfortunately, because we can use the same time. Let's say that we pray 40 minutes on average uh, during the morning. And let's add another five minutes for the commute for those of us who live close to shul. So we're talking about 45 minutes that we devote to prayer on an average day, right? We're not even looking at Mondays and Thursdays, which are longer than that. Um, and now, given all of what we're going to take away, instead of 45 minutes, I would say we're looking at something about like 25 minutes. Obviously, there'll be some people who pray longer, some people shorter, depending on where you pray. But I'm just throwing out an average situation. So all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're given the gift of 20 minutes extra time. Now, one can simply give that time over to other pursuits, secular or spiritual. Um, or we could spend that entire 20 minutes working on our prayer. Or let's make a compromise. Let's say at least to spend 10 minutes that we've gained. Uh, on our prayer. And so instead of spending 25 minutes rushing through as we would normally rush through the prayers, say the same prayers that we have to over 35 minutes. Or if you pray uh, 55 minutes, including the commute. So instead of uh, praying 35 minutes, go ahead and pray 45 minutes. All of that will be a spiritual gain. What can we do to gain from that time? So number one, as I said, simply take your time. Read the words, meditate on the words. Imagine that's what tefillah is ultimately truly supposed to be, a meditation. Certain words aren't supposed to be just said, but thought about. And one, especially when mentioning God's name, there are meditations that are to be said, even according to the plain halakha. For example, the normal mentioning of God's name what we call Yudke Vavke, is understood as God's uh, omnipresence in time, meaning we say that from these letters, from, the, from this word, we're exposed to come to the realization that God has been, is, and always will be, meaning that he's beyond time. Try this simple meditation. Simply focus on God's name every time you say it in that way to have an understanding, a partial understanding of who God is. Another thing we can do, we've always said, if only I could spend a little time studying the prayers. Well, here you go. You've got it. Take those 10 minutes or 20 minutes, depending on how you want to divide that extra time and study the prayer. What better time to do it than before you pray? Get inspired or simply to recite some sort of silent meditation, whether it's something that you've seen, whether a particular piece of Midrash, a Hasidic uh, Torah, a, an insight from a Rosh Hashiva, a Musar personality like Shlomo Volba, who I'm very fond of. Take that, focus on it before prayer, 
and use it as a source of inspiration. All of this is an opportunity that we're being given. Let's not squander that opportunity. And one more thing, I just want to focus a little bit on the parsha, parsha tzav. In that parsha, we read that Aaron and his sons, which is a law for Kohanim in the future in the Beit Hamikdash, after performing the service, are told to take off their clothes, to put lesser clothes in order to take out the ashes. You can read more about that in my article, the Dvar Torah for this week on Parsha Tzav, appearing in the Jewish press and available by subscription by email. But for right now, very quickly, the Gemara in Shabbat says that from here we learn the idea of putting on better clothes, right, for different services, especially divine service. So let that be a reminder that even as we're being more flexible with our prayer service at home and experimenting with it, there's certain things that we do in the synagogue that we should continue doing even as we are at home. And among those things is to wear the same proper clothes that we would wear while speaking in front of a king. Just because we're at home does not mean that we're not speaking in front of God. Therefore, if you're accustomed to wearing a jacket, when you go to the synagogue and not a sweater, make sure you wear your jacket and not your sweater. If you go to synagogue after putting on your work clothes, whether that be a tie, whether it be a clean button-down shirt and trousers, make sure you do that when you're at home in prayer as well. Simply putting on jeans or sweatpants, if that's not what you'd normally do in the synagogue, simply won't do. That's all for tonight, and I wish everybody good health, good thoughts, and good growth during this challenging period. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.